And we're happy to be joined all the way from Morgantown, John Jacobs, who loves, I'm sure he loves Steve Miller Band. John Jacobs uh, joining us uh, on the guest line as we speak. Coach Jacobs, we uh, we enjoyed having you. I believe that was uh, February 12th. We enjoyed you so much uh, a few weeks ago. We said, hey, let's let's see if Coach Jacobs will come on with us again, a return engagement. I uh, appreciate you being with us. Good to, good to visit with you again. All right, I appreciate you having me. You bet. And, um, John, this is interesting. Uh, I started seeing those pictures come out of uh, Morgantown. Are you guys uh, – so I guess because of that day game tomorrow, y'all went ahead and got on into town. So you've already kind of had a uh, walkthrough today. I mean, are you uh, – I know practices are precious right now because of uh, I mean, in, but this is a this is a really interesting time because you are about to play three games in about a five or six day span here, uh, John. How's the how is you as a, as a coaching staff? How do you get the guys back in condition while also not wearing them out for for such for so many games in a short stretch here? Yeah, I don't know that we have the perfect answer for that. I, uh, I think we count a lot on our a lot on our strength coach Charlie Melton and our our trainer Dave Snyder. Uh, they're doing the best they can and doing a great job. Uh, for now, we're we're managing our travel and our flights. We actually spent a night in Kansas after we played, so the guys could rest. And then we flew from Kansas to West Virginia, so uh, we could be here last night and they could get another good night's sleep. And uh, sometimes sleep is just important as practice and. The best way to get a good practice is to make sure they're rested and well-fed. So we're kind of like on a mini NBA five-day road trip here where we play at Kansas and then at West Virginia. And then the moments we can get in the gym, we're trying to get the most out of them and and shrunken time so they're exerting a bunch of energy. But it's not so long that we exhaust their legs for the games. And then not just uh, for this next game with West Virginia, but you turn around, you get home late at night and literally less than – a day later, you're playing Oklahoma State at home. So even if we didn't have to come off the snow vid and the COVID time that we've had recently, managing this kind of schedule is pretty unique. Yeah, I would say so. And uh, do you think, Coach Jacobs, that works with broadcasters too? Like if I actually got sleep, I would sound clearer on the air, have more clarity. <laughs> do you think that also applies to broadcasters? Oh, I have no idea. I think broadcasters sometimes are a special kind. I grew up in Chicago. I was a Cubs fan, and Harry Carey is one of my favorites. And I bet you when he was traveling on the road, he had late nights uh, following the Cubs around. And um, I just think part of what we do in sports, no matter who you are, whether it's uh, media, coaches, players, there's just certain nights you're not going to sleep. And then it's just how you manage that. And that's what coffee's for, right? A little bit of coffee goes a long way on certain days, but uh, I got, when I it's got time a to bit perform, of that. you got to perform. Yeah, yeah. When you when the when the red light turns on, you got to be able to go. Same thing for you guys. I love the Harry Carey. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I used to try to have a, a Harry Carey impression. I will not try it on you. I think I, you had a mask <laughs> on during practice, but I I think I saw a Chicago Cubs cap on you. There were some pictures they sent out on social media today, and one of them were you and Jared Butler talking and i saw that c on the cap and so yes yes you do not hide your cubs fandom after growing up uh in uh in chicago i also saw a picture of uh of everyday john 
And um, I, I don't know. I'm going to send this to you, John, when I get a chance. I, you, he might be accused of flexing for the camera, but, but maybe he's just <laughs> that ripped. Uh, one, he is that ripped. Two, as a man, if you want to feel less about yourself, you just stand next to John when he has his shirt off. I mean, he's going to make every normal person feel bad for a second. And three, if he's uh, sweating and getting a chance to be on the floor and uh, do what he loves, and we can get every second back to him being where he was prior to that break, uh, that's a good thing. So we're happy to see John sweating and being out there in practice. Uh, He's giving everything he can uh, to us and to his recovery, and he's doing a wonderful job. And uh, hopefully tomorrow, every day, John will be uh, one step closer to being 100% of what he was prior to the break. So he's been great for us. But for sure, he always looks like he's flexing, and that just happens to be him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even flexing, yeah. I don't. A lot of us couldn't pull something off, uh, anything uh, no. close to that. Talking to John Jake is uh, Baylor men's assistant basketball coach. Take us into that, uh, that Kansas game. Uh, a little bit. What um, what did you what in takeaways, film work, and all of that? Uh, as far as the positives you take away from that, uh, what did, was the conditioning? Did it look a little bit more like you guys? Obviously, you're not going to be back to your your full tilt selves. But what did you see in that game that at least gave you some positive feedback? Like, hey, I think maybe we're on our way back. Yeah, I think the chance to play even in games is, is a great step forward. So one, we want to be thankful for every opportunity we get. Uh, I think anytime you can play defense for long stretches of time against a top 15 team. And if you look at our last five games, I think everybody's ranked in the top 18. Uh, you combine what you're going to get from your conditioning, what you're going to get mentally, the, the requirements of the level of scouting that goes on, the attention to detail that you need, um, it's going to hyperdrive you back to where you were, and it's just something you got to go through, something you got to be thankful for, and then something you got to you got to take from. And then I just think the rhythm of playing offensively for long stretches of time is good for us, and you can kind of see us for stretches have rhythm, and then for stretches not have rhythm, but nothing replaces finding that rhythm while you play. So to play at Kansas. You know, the loss is, is not what we wanted. It's not our standard. It's not what we're looking for. But if you if you look at having 40 minutes of film against a top 18 team, I mean, they're probably a top 10 team. I haven't seen the polls today after that win. Uh, a top 10 level team on the road with that level of coaching, that gives you 40 minutes of film where maybe you can't practice as long as you normally would because what you're covering from, but you can learn from film. And that film for us is priceless as we as we keep going. All right, it is. Uh, I, I think that will. By the way, they moved up to thirteen, um, and okay. uh, obviously that's a team that uh, was not your typical Kansas team this year. But they've got on a roll, and they've won like five out of six, and they're starting to look like what we expect more from a Kansas team. That McCormick, you talk about film work, uh, Coach Jacobs. Uh, that that's that that's got to be some good things to learn from because you know down the line i mean all, we always think about it could you see timmy from gonzaga could you see uh, i mean you'll see culver another great big man uh, uh tomorrow uh afternoon i mean i it, i would say that while it's not always fun going up against a big bruiser like mccormick 
Uh, y'all, he was in foul trouble that first time y'all played Kansas. But, uh, John, that's a, that guy is a load. He may not be as a bouquet in terms of that kind of size, but uh, that's a kid that sort of found it and has really gained confidence, I would say, uh, kind of late in this season. Yeah, he averages over 15 points a game in their conference wins. So when he plays good, they play good. If you look at our first game, we held him to six at home. And that's significant because the less twos they can get in the paint for a team that's pretty dependent on paint points like Kansas is a big benefit for us. So a matchup like him matters. And when he goes 8 of 10 at home and finds some comfort and uh, they shoot 60% from two, you can see the completely different feel to the game where Kansas is struggling to make twos and forced to make threes at our place. And then at their place, they're comfortable making twos and they only made three threes, but almost didn't need them because they found comfort getting points in the paint. So certain teams like Gonzaga, Kansas, uh, Michigan with Hunter Dickinson, there's, there's a handful of teams that are highly dependent on shooting 60% from two and they're highly dependent on paint points. And when you give those teams uh, what they need most to win on their offensive end, it's not going to be good for you. So just the ability, because not a lot of people have great bigs anymore. So when you run into it, you've got, you've got to keep those points in the paint down uh, better than we did at Kansas the other day. All right, talking to John Jacobs, Baylor assistant coach on uh, Matt Mosley at Simcox Show, ESPN Central Texas. You guys are one of the better three-point one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Is that, um, John, you've studied shooting and, and you've done it internationally as well. When you have a long layoff like this and you just don't get many practices in it, in it all, is it, uh, is it a thing where the defense maybe can come back a little bit sometimes before the offense? Because defense is obviously effort. And then in y'all's case, it has to be a lot of communication, I would think. But talk, talk to me a little bit about getting the shooting back what what um uh, is it just getting your legs back what is the what is the relation in in a lot and the conditioning to the shooting uh, efficiency yeah i think for us we're our offense is highly dependent on our defense and there's a, the great thing about basketball it's not like football where it stops in between every play there's a fluidity to it there's a continuity to it and when we're really going there's once or twice a game where our defense gives us this 15-point outburst in transition. And in that outburst, we're turning people over, we're getting defensive rebounds, and there's a freedom of flow to our offense where the guys are just perform, just performing at this elite level. And you can see it every once in a while. Before our break, you can see it almost every game. There'd just be this 15-point punch, and the guys were great at it. And that started from the defensive end. And during those streaks, usually you get a couple easy layups, maybe a couple free throws and a couple wide open threes because you're getting shots before the defense is set. And it just doesn't feel like in the Iowa State game and in the Kansas game, we found that punch of free offense. And the more free offense you get, when you start taking tougher shots in the half court, your legs are tired, uh, the shots just happen to fall because you found a rhythm, you know? And that, that two- to three-minute transition stretch helps the guys feel comfortable and confident, and they start making tougher shots in the half court. And when you go a whole game without those easies and you don't quite see the ball go in quite as easy and then you're shooting threes with tired legs and the shots are contested, it just, it's harder to find a rhythm. And so for 
us at Baylor, I just think, and Coach Tang says this all the time, the more we think that the two are combined, the more the two work together and the more the two help each other and the flow from defense to offense happens, the better the shooting is going to be. And that's just something we get, we need to get back to. We need to find that transition punch from a, a defensive stretch in the next couple games here. All right, I like that. I like that, the easies, and then you can get back to those uh, those great threes in transition. You know what I want you to do is uh, I know I know you and, and, and Jerome take a lot of your lead, you know, from suggestions that I make. <laughs> But I, uh, I, I, I'd like to look up after one of those games and see kind of a Utah Jazz like, like fifty-five three attempts. <laughs> do, do you ever? I mean, yeah. do you obviously study the the the, the, uh, the collegiate game uh, more than the NBA, but I know you take a look at the NBA. Does it ever just still every once in a while just blow you away when you look at one of those games and see a team? I mean, and that's what they do. I mean, that's that is that you know. If, if when you see an NBA team shoot 45 threes, that used to be well. That's only James Harden, and that's only Daryl when he was in Houston. Uh, but now it's become more of the norm. And I, I am kind of wondering, when did you see that truly hit the college game? Was that five years ago, or did, did it lag a little behind what the Rockets and what Maury was trying to do? When did when do you remember it truly hitting like? that kind of volume of three-point shooting? Yeah, well, we pay attention to the Jazz. Uh, you know, they, there's a couple of former players involved in that organization, not just Royce yeah. who plays on a team, but uh, I coached Jake Lindsay. We coached Jake Lindsay while I was here, and Jake is in the front office. And um, we actually compare how many threes the Jazz make to how many we make, and Jake will send sarcastic texts to us as far as how many threes we should be shooting, and he wants us to shoot more. So... I'm clearly aware of how many threes the Jazz make and how many the NBA makes. And I, I think that just started more 10 to 15 years ago. The analytics tipped everybody off to the fact that three was worth more than two. And if you could make 40% from uh, three, that's like making 60% from two. And I think just in general, people started falling in love with the idea that if you, if you chuck a bunch of threes and you can be around 40%, it's really hard to make enough twos to match that. And maybe it took others longer to catch up. And I think sometimes our personnel, there's not as many great shooters um, at the collegiate level as there's the NBA. So maybe college coaches were slower to go all in on that. But we've got six guys who can shoot 40% from three, especially when, you know, we're healthy and our legs are full. And so I think we love the three. And when we can get good, clean ones, uh, we want to take them. So I know the NBA is ahead of the curve, but we're trying to stay on top of that. Who, John Jake is Baylor men's assistant. Uh, last one, and and uh, just kind of, uh, I'm thinking about the All Star game coming up. Okay, if we had a three point contest, and let's take Corey Kispert from your old place, Gonzaga, because he's one, he's a brilliant shooter himself. And and you had to pick a couple of your guys. Now you know what the three point shooting and Donovan Mitchell's going to be. It. I love Donovan. I mean, he's a great great player. I don't know if he'll be good in that contest because he. I mean, you know, you've got a he's not he's a guy that um and he's gotten better as a spot up shooter, but he's a streaky three point shooter. The the best three point shooting contest, guys, you've seen it. All, back to Hodges with your Chicago Bulls back in the day, were guys that, man, they could get a ton of them off, quick delivery, and they could just get in that huge rhythm. If you were gonna if I'm gonna put Kispert up and you could only pick one of your guys to put up against him 
in a college three-point contest, which guy would you pick? I mean, I, that, you can't do that to me. I mean, that's like saying, <laughs> which of your six favorite what, children what, are you going to choose to do a three-point contest? What if we wouldn't tell we got, anybody? We got six guys. We got six guys who could shoot forty from three, and you're going to make me pick one. Uh, you know, I think I think everybody's got a different knack. One, you could say Jared Butler doesn't have to use a lot of his legs, you know, mm-hmm. to get him off. So maybe that helps him in the three-point contest. You know, LJ is really good in an empty gym. I've seen him make almost a hundred in a row. Uh, so even LJ Cryer will sneaky get you. But you know, Maceo's made as much threes in his career as anybody. So the fact that you you would ask me to do that, that's just not right of you. I just can't do it. <laughs> but uh, I, I do know that Corey Kispert, if they held a competition, I know Corey would be in it and a couple of our guys deserve to be in it also. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I and Davion as well, who has huge uh, you know, he's yeah, had the big flag, jump. Flag this is week. shooting fifty percent from three on a season. I mean, how many guys we got two guys that are over fifty percent on a season. So even the uniqueness of our backcourt it, that's one of the things that makes us special is if you help from one place you're gonna find somebody else and um just the depth of that. I mean Matt Meyer at six nine is shooting forty percent for long stretches of the season and it's just a flick of the rest for him, so he might be great in that competition also. So uh, I like we're that you've now named many, blessed to have many. Yeah, you've named your entire roster now. So yeah, I did my question didn't work out. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. It was a test yeah. and you came through it with flying effort. colors. Great effort. Although, I, I totally respect the effort. <laughs> Although like knowing vital, he'll somehow take this as a slight, uh, even though he he's never attempted one like this maybe like one or two this entire season. You know, Vital will somehow be offended by this conversation. Uh, I mean, the man loves a good slight. And, uh, and by the way, he, he, he stayed in condition, as he told us, by, by running around with that Alaskan Malamute, uh, uh, Fendi, <laughs> his dog Fendi. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, every, every man's best friend is a dog sometimes, especially when they're young and in college. So I'm sure uh, Mark and his dog ran all over Waco staying in shape, which is probably good for him and good for us. That's right. There's one of the best players in the country running by with a Husky. I like that. Out on the road. Yeah. All right, John. Hey, have a, uh, have a great game. It'll be exciting tomorrow. And, and, uh, and, and who knows? I mean, you know, you just never know. I, at some point, you know, they're going to pop again and they'll get back to being themselves, but it's a process. Uh, and who knows, it may happen tomorrow, and we'll all keep our fingers crossed that it does. But uh, continued success to you. Always fun to catch up with you. Yeah, appreciate all your support and standing with us, and it's great to talk to you. I'll talk to you soon.